1: Scoopy Radio, Radio on your airwaves in New Jersey, in Philly, in New York, all over the United States, everywhere you want to be. Happy Holiday Week! I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson, host of the Scoopy Radio podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast over at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn apps, Stitcher app, or simply visit Radio dot com. And day after Christmas, and uh, a lot has happened over this week. Um, If you guys are tardy to the party, um, there was a viral video um, that hit uh, the world. Uh, You saw it on BBC, you saw it on NBC News, uh, you saw it everywhere. Uh, You saw a young man uh, who happened to be an African-American of Boona High School in South Jersey, a wrestler, uh, was asked by a referee during a wrestling match to uh, cut his dreads off created a national conversation, and uh, on the line right now to kind of discuss the whole method, bolts and nitty gritty, is none other than the guy who actually covered it, uh, Mike Frankel, uh, the sports director of SNJ Today News, joins us on Scoop B Radio. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scoop B. Happy holiday to you and uh, everybody out there. Thank you, man. So just to kind of uh, dial it back a little bit, I'm going towards your tweet. Uh, this tweet uh, had a lot of retweets, um, 12,000 to be exact, uh, 49 or 48,000 likes. Uh, you said in a tweet, epitome of a team player, uh, a referee wouldn't allow Andrew Johnson of Obuna, uh High School to wrestle with a cover over his dreadlocks. It was either an impromptu haircut or a forfeit. Johnson chose the haircut, then won by sudden victory in overtime to help spark Boona to a win. What did you see uh, during this wrestling match?
0: Yeah, Scoop, that's uh, obviously a complicated question, right? Especially in the, in the days after this. But, you know, like you mentioned, I work for a local news organization. So as a local sports reporter and especially on the local level. You know, you're covering just a lot of high school sports. You're covering a lot of basketball. You're covering a lot of wrestling, depending on what time of year it is. And obviously, those are the two sports in the limelight right now. So, you know, you go into a situation like that, certainly where I'm covering a wrestling match between two rivals. And just quite frankly, you're not expecting to run into spot news or a situation like this. So, you know, you're, you're looking at it through the lens of, all right, you know, I'm here to shoot some highlights. You know, let's cover these kids wrestling. But um, so what I saw was, is, you know, I was there at the gym in plenty of time and she was running a little bit late. So once it started, um, there was a Buna kid in the lower weight class below Andrew Johnson uh, who got pinned. And that was the first bout of the night. So Buna's down six to nothing at that point. Um, so Andrew's particular bout came up pretty quick in, in the grand scheme of things. It was the second bout of the night. And uh, I knew right away something was a little bit off. Uh, you know, I noticed he had a cover on his head. I noticed there was some conversation uh, about it. Um, I wasn't right next to the Puna bench; I was sort of closer to the opposing team's bench, which was Oakcrest at the time. Mm-hmm. But I certainly, you know, through not only hearing and and sort of seeing the body language. I could tell what was going on. There was a situation with the cover that Andrew was trying to wear on his head. So, you know, at that point, there was a conversation between the referee, Andrew, Andrew's coaches. Obviously, Puna is a, is a pretty proud wrestling school down here in terms of you know, wins and sending kids on to districts and states. And there's multiple coaches there along with the head coach, a couple of assistants and teammates. And there was a conversation about what to do. And, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know verbatim what was said, uh, but it came down to Andrew not being able to wear that particular cap. Um, uh, You know, it's also sort of a weird deal where a couple of years ago, uh, the governing body of high school wrestling changed the rules that the cap that any wrestler potentially wears actually has to be connected to the headgear. So Andrew did not have that type of cap. Um, now, you know, if we're peeling the, the onion back even more, uh, Andrew was able to to wrestle a couple of times a couple of days earlier, um, and get away with that. Right. Um, but this referee wasn't going to allow it. So at that point, you know, to get back to the original question, what I saw was, um, You know, this referee, the coaches, Andrew, having a conversation, Uh, you know, it didn't become heated or animated in any way. But there was certainly, um, you know, a lot of standing up the ground in terms of Duna's side and Andrew's side. And he was respectful throughout the whole time. It was really his coaches arguing on his behalf. But at some point, um, things had to get moving. And the referee, you know, put a clock on it. So if you're a high school wrestler, I believe it's known as injury time or blood time. And, you know, you have X amount of minutes throughout the match. If you need to take a quick break because you're bleeding or, you know, you twist the knee and you can get worked on it. You know, if that clock runs out, you end up forfeiting the match. So um the decision was made at that point once the referee started that clock. Uh, Andrew kind of motioned to his coaches, motioned to the trainers to – Begin, you know, the proceedings, which is now the, the video that has gone viral. So, um, at that point, the Puna trainer came onto the mat, um, started cutting Andrew's hair. Uh, the referee was standing there as well. At that point, um, his coaches, but more so his teammates, are kind of right there. And you even see it in the video. A number of them are coming up to him and, you know, giving him words of encouragement and, and things like that. Um, he had his back to me. So, he had his back to the video. You can kind of see the side of his face, obviously looking very, you know, stoic and, and, you know, uh, a lot obviously going through his mind right then. But so that's what I saw leading up to the match. And, uh, you know, the second part of the video that's obviously going viral is just the last couple seconds of the match. Um, what happened in between was he was down most of the match. He came back to tie it, force overtime. And then once you get to overtime in, in high school wrestling, at least the first round of it, uh, whoever scores first wins. So he scored first, he won, um, you know, and he gets up, gets his hand raised by the referee, and then walks back to his teammates
1: your Radio on the line with Mike Frankel, uh, sports director at SNJ. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Mike Frankel, SNJ. Discussing uh, the viral video from B- Buna High School, I, I want to take a step back for a second because, you know, this video is definitely a viral video. You- you've definitely, um, your name's been mentioned, Deadspin, and a few other places. But I think what is interesting uh, in this situation is um you're the messenger um some people feel as though you framed it differently you were looking at it from a sports perspective some people are looking at it from a racial
0: perspective
1: what have you learned from this incident
0: huh, wow uh a lot to be totally honest with you scoop i mean you know like i mentioned off at of the top there in that first answer when you're covering high school sports especially on the local level, you don't expect to run into spot news. You don't expect to, to run into something like this. And, you know, a lot of people could, could cover sports on the local level their entire careers and not run into something like this. So, you know, it, so it, it, it's all about you know how you do an experience. It's about the lens you have, right? And that's what I'm continuing to learn from this experience. Um, you know, the lens I have was, you know, trying to to find something positive in terms of building up, you know, these local high school kids and, and local high school coverage. And, you know, another part of that is, too, that, that, that my particular news organization, SNJ Today, is and in its pride itself on, on positive storytelling, which, you know, admittedly, I, I really respect their mission. Um, in 2018, it's it's not always possible. So, you know, it, because that's who I work for, is that why I try to frame it this way? I, I can't say that for 100% certainty to be quite honest with you but you know having played sports growing up it just there's something about the way that that his teammates were interacting with him and he was interacting with his teammates and just his quick decision to to do it and then to win and help his team so um in that moment yeah yeah, i tweeted out and, and that to me seemed like the most important part um as a white man, uh, I've learned obviously, and even you know, at the time and, and in the days since, I've gained a lot of perspective in terms of, you know, how much uh, you know. And as soon as an African American kid having his hair cut like that, um, you know what that can do to a person. Um, you know, you could you could read all the history books you want, you could learn everything you want in school, watch all of these movies, but still, you know, because I'm not African American, I will never know what that feels like. I will never know what that's like. Uh, I'll never fully grasp the weight uh, of the history of, of that kind of act. Um, so I've learned that, yeah, there's a there's a much bigger picture here. Um, and and you, messen, you mentioned, I should say, that I'm the messenger. And, and yeah, so I'm not looking for sympathy here. It's It's been challenging. You know, there's been a lot of uh, hate coming my way on social media, and I get it. You know, um, I put out a tweet, you know, Twitter is a platform where you have X number of words to use, and if you're using a your video, it's even fewer. Um, and I didn't put out the whole story, and you know that's on me. You know that's, that's that's me tweeting something. I tweet every day. I tweet a little clip to preview what's coming up that night on the local news, and um, you know that's not, that's on me for not giving more context. That's on me for for choosing you know the the angle that I went with. And, you know it wasn't an internal dialogue monologue with me saying, Hey, you know, I think, I think this is racist, but I'm going to ignore that. Let me, let me choose this angle. That never happened in my head. Of course, some red flags, were raised, thinking, man, this is, this is strange and there's something not quite right about this, but, you know, once again, based on the organization I work for, based on, you know, my day in day out sort of coverage of high school sports, sure. that's not the direction I went. Uh, but I certainly can appreciate all, all, all the conversation and all the dialogue and and I will say this, too. I mean, you know, for all of the negativity that I've been receiving on social media, there's been a ton of, of, of people, you know, both who I know, colleagues, uh, and complete strangers reaching out saying, hey, you know, I, I appreciate you taking a step back and, and trying to look at this bigger picture here. And it's just it's just all about, you know, the conversations at this point, which is obviously why we're talking right now. Surely. And, and for those who were tied into the party, Mike,
1: Mike did actually... Uh, Post a statement on Twitter. I'll read it. Uh, Hi, everyone. Thanks for co- chiming in here today. Uh, some additional context the wrestlers' coaches uh, argued the referee's decision for several minutes until the referee started the injury time clock. At this point, the wrestler removed the cap and agreed to have his haircut. I understand there are several levels to the story, serious levels worth serious discussion more from a high school athlete. I know now I missed the bigger picture, and for that, I apologize. Um, I, what I think is, in, in this situation, if I can inject for a second, for me personally, uh, I know some people who went to that high school, and um, it seems like they enjoyed their time there. Uh, but I also do think that in the, to the current climate that we're in, everything that is said now um uh, has to be scrutinized, um, going through a fine tooth comb and kind of just uh everybody has something to say. If I may ask, if you could look back at that tweet and written it differently, what would you have written differently?
0: You know, I think it's a great question. I, I think I I would have just presented what happened, you know, I wouldn't have uh you know tried to, to frame it in any particular way. Um I wouldn't and not that the way i framed it was was trying to sway opinion one way or another um but if you just if you just you know remove the the top part of my tweet and just basically present the facts um, right. or at least the facts the way i saw them just present the video and give you know as much context again you're doing with twitter so you can't give a ton of context um but just you know almost give the same context without looking at at it through my lens of epitome of a team player. um, I think that's what I would do over, you know, and and honestly, you know, like we're talking about, there's many ways to look at this. And maybe one's not right and one's not wrong. Maybe both are right. Maybe both are wrong. I I don't know. That's up to everyone's opinion. But, you know, to answer your question directly, um, not only would I, you know, disconnect the top part of the tweet and just try to provide the video and some facts about what was going on um, I should have followed up you know I'm a journalist I should have followed up with with four tweets but uh, certainly once this thing started to go seriously viral um, I just in my own mind I thought I was doing more harm than good than jumping back in and you know kind of wanted to give everybody their, their time to to sound off so but yeah to answer your question I, I think just you know honestly the, the way I sort of, quote-unquote, framed it um, at the top was an issue, and I get that now. The New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic
1: Association is the governing body uh, for high school sports uh, in New Jersey. Uh, They actually released a statement. Saying uh, that Larry White, executive director of the NJSIA, uh, regarding a situation concerning Laguna's regional high schools uh, varsity wrestler and wrestling referee, the NJSIA has been in direct contact with school officials and now awaiting official incident reports. A report also has been requested from the referee uh, involved. In addition, and as part of its formal sportsmanship policy, the NJSIA has provided initial information to the New, York, New Jersey Division on Civil Rights uh, and will continue to send updates as they become available. Uh, regulations regarding hair length and legal hair coverage for wrestlers, as you stated, uh, Mike, uh, are provided by the national Federation of state high school associations. At this point, the NJFIA is working to determine the exact nature of the incident and whether an infraction occurred. You're on the ground running, Mike. And, um, there have been some reports, uh, that have come out regarding the actual referee. Um, who was involved? What do you know about this referee?
0: Um, so this referee, yeah, that's definitely another layer to the story. You know, uh, he had, you know, basically there was a write-up in by a couple colleagues of mine here in South Jersey from the Courier Post, and um they had a story about this particular referee. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but fairly recently, um, you know, there was a racial incident uh, alleged against him, whereas the gist of the story goes that uh, a bunch of referees were working at tournaments. They were all at a party after hours. uh Some drinks were involved, and you know allegedly this referee used the n word uh against uh you know in talking to uh, a colleague who happened to be African American and that started you know a little scuffle and this particular referee also says i believe he's quoting something similar to uh saying that he doesn't remember that but he doesn't you know he believes that is in his colleagues saying that he said it so he apologized at the time and and everyone moved on and um, I don't know offhand if he was suspended by the state at that time, um, sure. but I know obviously he continued to work. Um, if not that season, the following season, and obviously he's he's working this season. So that's another layer to it too, and it just it just complicates things, you know, even more. Um, in that, you know, in this particular situation, was he administering the letter of the law with Andrew in terms of the headgear? Yes. Um, but I'm not him. I'm not inside his mind. You know. You know. Maybe he had some ulterior motive based on some of these other incidents or this one alleged incident. Um, you know. Maybe he's holding Andrew to, you know, a tougher standard than he would someone else. I, I just. I nobody knows but him, right? So, and that's. It's also been a big part of the story too. Is that you know, a lot of his colleagues in the in the wrestling officiating world, whether they like him or dislike him. Um, you know, across the board here in South Jersey, they've all said, look, it should have been handled differently in terms of having a conversation at weigh-ins beforehand, not doing this in, in front of everyone. But if you're following the letter of the law, that's what he was doing. So it just adds just another layer uh, to the story, which is obviously very complicated. What do you know about Andrew Johnson as a
1: wrestler and as a person?
0: I don't know a lot, to be honest with you. You know, I cover a lot of schools in South Jersey. Um, you know, I have an area that's basically six or seven counties. So, Buna's kind of right at the heart of it. Uh, we're based out in Millville, and is about 25 minutes away. Um, I'm over there quite a bit. I'd say more than a lot of the other schools in the area, just based on the proximity to our studio. Um, but Andrew Johnson, I believe, is 16 years old. So, he hasn't been, I guess, a varsity wrestler for a number of years. You know, as a local high school reporter, You know, you catch on to a kid, he'll he'll shoot his highlights a couple times, maybe when he's a freshman or a sophomore, and by the time he's a junior and senior, you're like, yeah, you know, you're looking out for him in terms of, this is a guy I need to feature in the highlights. You know, he's he's kind of a stud out there on the mat. Um, I didn't know much about Andrew, honestly. Uh, And in fact, this was my first uh, wrestling match that I covered this season, the season that I just started a couple days ago. I had covered mostly high school basketball, which is, you know, admittedly a much bigger sport down here. So I covered that for a couple days, and I wanted to get some wrestling in before everyone kind of headed out on uh, Christmas break here. So to answer your question directly again, I, I knew there was little about him. Uh, I know quite a bit about the Pewter Wrestling Program. As I mentioned earlier, it's a strong program here in South Jersey. They always send a lot of kids to districts and regions and states. Um, and he's certainly one of their up-and-coming wrestlers. Um, you know, it's a weight class too, 120 pounds, where it's tough, man. I mean, those kids are dedicated. They have, you know, we're all... I'm over here, you know, eating Christmas cookies right now. If you're, you know, a high school wrestler, that you, you can't do that stuff, especially at that weight class. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just it, having not known anything about him, I have enough respect for high school wrestlers, especially the guys on the bottom end of the roster in terms of weight that, man, that you know, they, they really have to be dedicated to their craft. And, and obviously, you know, a lot of those kids are, including Andrew.
1: You talked about you. You mostly covered basketball. Um, that was your first wrestling match. Um, I want to know more about you. What, what's your background? What got you into journalism? What?
0: Who? Who was Mike Frankel? <laughs> Another complicated question, right? I think according <laughs> to uh, half of the Twitter sphere right now, they pretty much have me pinned based on one tweet. But like anybody, I'm I'm more complicated than that. I grew up in the area, so I'm covering that you know I care about. Um, I grew up in Ocean City, uh, graduated from high school there, went on to college at the College of New Jersey, and ultimately up to Syracuse University at the Newhouse School. So had a couple opportunities in terms of where I could start my career from there. Um, I was pretty close to taking a job out in Evansville, Indiana, oddly enough, as a news reporter, even though my passion was sports. And kind of at the last second, I had an opportunity to uh, to stay home and start my sports career here. Um, there was a station down here, that's now closed, but it was called NBC40. It was an NBC affiliate, and uh, with a coverage area not as big as SNJ today, but that's really where I cut my teeth as a weekend sports reporter, and you know, covering all these kids and, and high school football and basketball and wrestling. And you know, we have some Division three colleges down here, so we're doing a lot of that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. Some pro events too. You know, Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City used to host the Atlantic Ten basketball tournament, so that was always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The LPGA tournament comes to town, so. Yeah, you know, I'm a guy who, who loves local sports, loves local sports in South Jersey, um, and just is really passionate about being able to work it, and tell these stories where he lives, you know. Um, uh, I have a wife, two young kids, four and two, so it's uh, it's been a crazy week since we've all this stuff going on, getting ready for Christmas, but yeah, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. What does your wife think about all this stuff that's going on? Yeah, she's uh, you know, she's obviously looking out for me and, and concerned and and stuff like that and you know, but again, I'm not am not here to play any kind of victim card. There's a much you know bigger victim here, and that's and that's Andrew. You know, I'm just sort of um, an ancillary piece to this. You know, I'm the one who put the video out there and look, you know, I'm a big boy. I can handle you know, whatever comes my way on social media. As I'm sure you know and a lot of your listeners know, social media can sometimes turn into an echo chamber and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um honestly you don't even know who out there is real and who's a robot these days, but, you know, um yeah, she's just she's been positive about it, you know, trying to encourage me and um, you know, focusing on uh you know all all the I guess quote unquote good work I've done as opposed to uh questionable framing of this story and You know, it's been it's been fine. Yeah, I just I feel the worst for it's complicated because I don't feel bad for shooting it because I feel like it is definitely something that needs to be brought to light. And if nothing else, it creates conversation, right? I mean, like we talked about, there's a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of ways to look at it, but it's very core. I think we can all agree that it was wrong, Um, and maybe not rules violation wrong, but the way it was handled was certainly wrong. So. You know, I don't regret being there. Uh certainly there's some regret in the way I presented the story. But yeah, she's been supportive and uh you know, I'm just more than anything, uh, you know, just thinking about Andrew and his family. I know his family put out today through their lawyer saying that they're very supportive of, of the PUNA coaches. Um, certainly they're taking issue with the way this was handled. And also according to the statement they put out, is that they said the referee was late. For the match, which is also information I wouldn't have been privy to, um, and that he basically was not able to, you know, really thoroughly look over a lot of these wrestlers beforehand, which is maybe why this happened the way it did. But you know, I was happy to see that his family um, put out a positive statement today. Any statement, really, because I know a lot of us were waiting to hear from them, but. You know, they're very supportive of of Andrew. You know, they're they're proud of him for for going out and competing. Uh, They're supportive of of Buna, especially the coaches, for standing in their corner. And they're really just taking exception with the way this was handled. But, you know, it sounds like the process will play out through all the investigations going on. And and hopefully we'll get a resolution sooner than later. A follow-up on that. um, you. They they released a statement uh,
1: today. Um, two-part question. One, have you reached out to the family? And two, are you looking to write a longer-form piece about how thought-provoking this is?
0: Yeah, I haven't reached out to the family as of now, just based on wanting to give everyone space. Uh, I feel like what the tweet turned into in a lot of ways Radio. became toxic. Yes, it became something to talk about and create conversation, but you know, the further down the rabbit hole you go – you know, my name is attached to that tweet and there's just a lot of hate out there right now. And I, you know, I don't want to uh, bring any more unwanted attention his way. So it is something I'm planning on doing. Obviously I'm trying to give him and his family space right now. Mm -hmm. Um, also with the holidays that kind of complicates things as well. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do something further. You know, obviously I'm in the TV business, so it wouldn't be a written piece, but it, you know, it would be a follow-up in some regard. Um, you know, when when the holidays go by and and when the dust settles a little bit, I'd love to connect. But you know, that was another part of the what his family through the lawyer put out today that he he and the family are just asking for space right now, mm-hmm. for privacy from media um, and from all further inquiries until you know some more things are settled. But like I said, you know, I, I'm happy to see um, that that his ha- family is handling it the way that they are. You know, it's a strong family. He has a number of brothers and sisters. Um, The community has their back. You know, they have the community's back. They have the school's back. And they're just really trying to get answers in terms of, you know, why this went down the way it did. Scoopy Radio on the line with Mike
1: Franco talking uh, about a viral video uh, that surfaced on the internet uh, with Andrew Johnson, a wrestler at Kipuna High School. uh, Had to cut his threads for a wrestling match. Um, On a a more serious note, uh, you're a white journalist, I'm a black journalist. Um storytelling is our mission. Um it, it it could be said based upon our experiences in life, based upon who we know, who we meet, um that there is a bias sometimes um known, sometimes not even known uh from your perspective because I've always said Um, that when you're a journalist, um, you have the power to write history. You have the power, you have the pen, you have the video, you have the optics to um, frame the way that people see things for the rest of their life. We're storytellers, we're writing the obituary of of someone, hypothetically speaking. For you as a journalist and me as a journalist, when you look at just interactions with people in the community, do you think that there is such a platform or medium uh, for people or journalists of all different um nationalities to kind of come together to talk about those biases I don't know if it's an intervention or like an AA for journalists do you think those are conversations we need to have this yeah I think really you
0: know really you hit the nail on the head I mean everyone comes from different backgrounds like I mentioned earlier you know as a journalist you know you try to, to keep everything fair and you try to keep your eyes everywhere and you know you know find the angles of the story that They're most important to you. And, you know, as a white journalist, this is just something, um, even though, like I mentioned, you know, I had the red flags going off, you know, I don't, I'll never fully know what that feels like as an African-American to have, you know, his hair cut like that, especially when you, you know, heart back to to the history of that kind of act. And like I said, you know, I'm an educated person, so I, I get all that, you know, but I don't get it in the same sense, if you know what I mean, right? And a white person never really would um so yeah i think the, the conversations about this you know the dialogue about this it sounds cliche but i think that's how we move forward and i know a lot of people don't want to hear that because i know it's 2018 and you know and you mentioned the, i think the word optics in there and the optics of this video are awful you know the story is a lot more complicated but it's very poor it's a young man who shouldn't have been put through what he was put through and you know i came at it um from one angle and then you know, there's, there's other angles out there, obviously, more important angles. And I think it's important that everyone has a seat at the table and everyone's able to talk about it. Um, and I think that really is the only way we, we get forward through stuff like this. You know, it's it becomes divisive, right? I mean, you have people taking sides and, uh, you know, the referee is just, just following the rules. And the referee has an allegedly racist past. And, you know, there's no way they should have done this to Andrew, or, you know, out there. They should have done it behind closed doors or you know why didn't the coaches stick up for him? Why didn't you know his any adult in the room stick up for him? You know it's, the truth is a lot more complicated than all that. But at the very core, there's something very, very wrong here. Um, you know, I, I glossed over it in my coverage. I did. I shouldn't have. And you know, that's good sin for a journalist. Um, not making excuses when I go out to shoot a high school wrestling match. Like I said, I'm not expecting to run in spot news. And maybe it's based on the constructs and, you know, sort of the mission of the organization I work for. I'm not placing blame on them, but maybe I'm looking through things through, um, you know, rose-colored glasses, and I should have them off more often. But, yeah, you know, to get back to what you were originally saying, I think there needs to be a conversation about this. I think everyone deserves a seat at the table, um, people from all different backgrounds, and I think that's how you sort of learn from something like this and make sure it doesn't happen again.
1: I gotta ask this man I, f- first of all thanks for coming on Scoopy Radio, Radio. I know you've gotten tons of questions I, I'm gonna tell you you're brave. you have your DMs open on Twitter that's like having the red receipt on, on iMessage on, on an iPhone and somebody sees it you don't know, respond <laughs> if you had to guess how many DMs did you get after this whole thing happened
0: it's tough to say it's tough to say it's definitely in the hundreds um, but like I said you know it's yeah, you know, the, the the best question i get um from from friends right now is is how you hold them up right and so the answer mm-hmm. is i'm fine you know there's there's a more important issue here and that's what andrew and his family are going through um but yeah and there's been so much support out there the problem is with twitter you sort of have to sift through the hate um yeah. to get to the support right so yeah the, the direct messages are open and I've always tried to be transparent. You know, I think it's unfortunate, too, while we're on the subject of direct messages. You know, I've had some, you know, some blue check marks weigh in. Right. I've had some some very respected leaders in the community, uh, in the world and the nation weigh in. Um, You know, and I'd love to be able to have a conversation with those people. I've had some conversations. Um, in private, it's tough when, you know, someone tweets in my direction and then I you know I can't reach out to that person. But the way I handle the, the DMs is I'm going to try to get back to everybody. You know, uh-huh. if there's someone if there's someone threatening physical violence against me, certainly I'm going to ignore that and report it. I mean, I, I feel like we're all, you know, we all have a duty to do that, to try to keep. Any type of social media platform safe, right? But there's uh-huh. also been a lot of people who want to talk about it. There's also been a lot of people who are just offering support and you know thanking me for for being there and capturing the moment. So at the very least, I, I try to get back to everybody. I will be honest with you; there have been a ton of media requests, and like we talked about earlier, I just I think for me, you know, I, I was at that point once everything blew up, you know, in terms of viral video, uh, I was almost too close to the story to, to weigh in, and I didn't want to add any further you know fan to the flame or if you will so you know, i did not respond to a lot of media outlets of was past. it was past the situation i could see myself talking to a lot more people um you know just to get more understanding out there to try and continue that dialogue but yeah the dms on, it's a tough, tough deal right but you know as a journalist i try to be transparent if people want to reach out to me i'm certainly going to listen um you know if they come about it in a civil way. Then, then I'm all about it. You know, let's talk and, you know, let's figure this thing out.
1: And Bruna has a, a few more matches ahead. What, or on the grander scale, um, what's up with the rest of their season? How are they doing and, and, and where do you see them uh, come?
0: There is a playoff, is correct? Yeah, so we're really early on in the season. So the wrestling season in South Jersey, like I said, just just started. Um, Andrew and his teammates, they wrestled in. There's a lot of tournaments this time of year, especially on the weekends where, you know, there'll be a quad, which is four teams, or sometimes even more, um, where a bunch of teams will will get together and, you know, two teams will go head to head in the morning, then there'll be a little break, and then you'll wrestle another team in the afternoon. So, um, I believe, you know, it's another tournament uh, coming up the day after Christmas, which is this week, which is May, based on what you said off the top, which is this might be when people are actually listening to this. Um, so, yeah, Andrew and his teammates are going to have a lot more matches. Uh, I believe, what, from what I gathered from the statement from the family to their attorneys, that he's still very much committed to the team, so I would expect him to be out there um, on the mat with his teammates. and. Yeah, the wrestling season for high school kids in South Jersey it goes quick, man. There's there's the regular season, like I talked about these tournaments, and you know then there'll, there'll be uh, you know districts, and then you know if you advance from there to regions and the state championships, support boardwalk call it's it's a lot, you know, and it's a lot of bright lights, and you know I'm sure there's going to be I'm not sure I'm absolutely sure there's going to be a lot of extra attention uh, paid to, to both Utah, and certainly Andrew, but I hope at the end of this he can get back to you know being a normal high school kid and having fun with his teammates and. Enjoying that high school wrestling experience. What I like to talk about at the top. It takes a lot of dedication, but if you want to talk about a rewarding sport, I mean, I'm a hoops guy, right? But, you know, <laughs> basketball practice compared to, to the wrestling practice back from the way I remember it, it, it it's like night and day. You know, I don't know how those kids do it. So it's uh, it certainly takes a ton of dedication, but in terms of rewarding, uh, it doesn't get much better than, than being a high school wrestler. So, yeah, they got a long way to go this season. And obviously, I wish them the best of luck. And, Mike, we're talking about practice. Yeah, we're talking about practice, right? <laughs> yeah, but if we're talking we're talking about wrestling practice, a little different than uh, basketball practice. And AI, I don't know if AI is hacking on a wrestling pad, but I don't know if I would either, to <laughs> be honest.
1: Brother, I, I thank you so much for joining scooby We're going to let you go. Um, but we will definitely be checking in and, and, and seeing everything that's going on. And thanks for, for your time, man. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. I appreciate that.
0: Hey man, I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate you reaching out. You're one of those good guys that you know you're looking out for a fellow journalist on Twitter, and I certainly appreciate that. And I'll never forget it. So uh, you know, happy holidays to you and your family. My man, enjoy
1: the rest of your time, and I'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year.
0: No, oh, you too. Take care,
1: my man. Bye bye. Scoop B Radio. Over time. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.